Ba-da-ba-ba-da. Welcome to Absolute Comics, the weekly show right here at the Comic Story Podcast Network that who is calling me right now in the middle? I just said, what, what, why would you call? Literally, I'm not even joking. A friend goes, what are you doing? I said, live on a podcast. Why would you call me? Why? <laughs> why? Hold on. Why would you call me? I'm live. I said that the audience <laughs> heard Knows that. this is happening. I'm telling them as I type what (laughs) I'm saying to you. You have become a essence of the show. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Random person who called Benny. Anyway, welcome to Absolute Comics, the show right here at the Comic Story Podcast Network that airs every Tuesday at about, what time is it now? Like 5 p.m. Eastern? Yeah. Uh, I sit down with my good, good, dear friend and heterosexual life partner, Sal, from Comic Pop, and we talk about comic books, from the news and the movies, to the video games, to the comic books themselves, and we just kind of go over all the interesting stuff for the week. That's right. So... Uh, we got quite a few topics to run through today, as long as my friend doesn't try to call me back again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking about some of the comic books that came out, including the new Future State Red Hood, Urban Legend Red Hood. Uh, we're going to talk about Grifter. We're going to talk about the Everyone new with sh- red hoods, apparently, because Grifter yeah. <laughs> also has a red hood. It's a theme. Where's your Grifter mask? Hmm. <laughs> it's it's slightly off off screen. I moved him around. I have all these different masks. Of all the episodes, we're officially gonna talk about Grifter and Wildstorm, and you're like off screen. Yeah, Ant-Man. he'll be in the uh, he'll be in the um <laughs> in the in the rebroadcast. <laughs> um, but yes, we're gonna talk about the new Modok show. We're gonna talk about the, uh, the revelations of the Hellfire Gala. Um, yeah. Venom movie discussions that now my mom is calling me. What is, what is even happening? <laughs> I, don't I don't know. By the way, we will spoil the Hellfire Gala because Marvel did it. Yep. So if you don't yep. want to know what happens at the end of the Hellfire Gala, which you shouldn't because it's an event that hasn't even started yet, uh, we'll, we'll warn you ahead of time. Yes, and we're also going to talk about John's new power, apparently, and yeah. Heroes Reborn. I didn't read the bottom two topics, so it's all right. We'll get to it. Those yeah, are the bottom yeah. topics. We'll talk about those at the bottom, the bottom so of the show. Let's kick it off. Let's talk about Urban Legends number three. Okay. Um, first, I want to state, I'm actually, at first, I thought I was kind of complaining by what Chip Zdarsky was doing, because yes. it felt like every Batman Red Hood storyline. Right. Red Hood shows up into town, makes some enemies, Batman gets mad at him, oops, accidentally kills somebody. We have the same argument we always have. Right. Um, (laughs) But by issue three, there's more story developing to this. Give me one second to my mother. I will call her back in in an hour. Okay. I am live. I will call you in one hour. Promise. I will forget. (laughs) (laughs) So... Basically, what happened is it, he he accidentally well, he, he did accidentally kill a man, yeah, because he was mad. I don't know if you can call yeah, it he accidental. Yeah, no, he he murdered a man, <laughs> <laughs> made the kid a uh, made the kid a orphan, de facto orphan. Remember, his mother's in a coma due to a drug overdose. Okay, okay, and then him and Batman fought, which is for me was like, oh, here we go again. Cool, uh-huh. Chip. I really love all your work, but you're you're just doing the Batman Red Hood trope. Right. This right. issue corrected that, though. Yes. It made so, you think, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. So basically, Batman acknowledges the failures with Jason. Jason's willing to work with Batman to try and correct the situation. Yep. And I, the, wor- the wor- one of the lines is the best. What he brings, I think that was Leslie. I don't, I didn't, yes, uh, okay. it was Leslie. Leslie Thompson. And she's like, oh, are you making a new Robin? And his response was, no, I'm trying to help a Robin. And yeah. he's trying to teach Red Hood how to move beyond all these issues. I actually... Really like the idea that Chip established the the status quo of Batman Red Hood. It is now mm-hmm. establishing we're going past that. We're gonna what what would actually happen next? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I like that. I mean, we still keep kind of like having that tension of like, will they still? Because it's not. It, it's a team up book, more or less. It's Batman and Red Hood. It's their story together. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, they break up. They get back together. I mean, that's just the cycle. You know, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They they they'd break up. Well, we disagreed how to handle this, Batman. Your yeah, plan's God. not working. And Batman's Stay like, in I've your done cave. this. I'll like get some years. results. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, 
I, I'm actually digging it. I think it's a pretty cool idea to go in that direction with Red Hood and Batman to actually move beyond the standard. Yeah. I remember when I covered the last issue on the channel, everyone's like, why is Batman punching Red Hood again? Like, why, why are we back to this again? But this yep. is going to answer that. It's moving past that. Yeah. Um, the back of the book, and I know you're a fan of Grifter and Wildstorm. <laughs> I am aware of them, yes. And I, no, uh, you're I'm, a huge fan. I am the ma- I'm mass. No. I know, <laughs> I know, I know one them. person with Grifter memorabilia. <laughs> Listen, DC was throwing these at people, and I just happened to catch one. Uh, and I just and I bought a foam head display so that I could, you know. Pr- but you displayed it. I did display. I mean, like, well, because who else has a grifter mask? Hence my anyway. point. Yeah, listen, I did. I read Wildcats. I read Gen Thirteen. I read Team Seven. I read Deathblow. I am. I've read a lot of Wildstorm. So yes, I am aware. Although I don't get it. You know, because, because uh, okay, so Jim Lee parlayed his entire stake in Wildstorm and all of his characters so that he could have an executive level uh, position at DC Comics and then never really did anything exciting or interesting with them. Like, ever. They, right. We kept seeing, like, reboots and relaunches and no one ever bought them because, like, I think those characters belong in 1996. Well, the problem with that, on top there. of that, is every reboot and restart, they try to reboot and restart. They Complete just, reboot. They, yep. Like, right now, in Urban Legends, they're just picking up like Grifter's been around. They're right. not trying to re-explain Grifter, give him a new origin, go through his whole... No, they're just like, Grifter's here. Let's just do a Grifter story. <laughs> yeah, which, is, which has been the Grifter status quo since Future State. Like, yeah. Every Grifter appearance. When Grifter was uh, officially, what, a, like, a, like a security detail for Lucius Fox? Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, Grifter's here. You're welcome. Oh, all right. And I, I like that because every time they've tried to do Wildstorm or Grifter, it's like, all right, we're going to spend like 10 issues setting it up. If you hold out, though, we'll get there some good new stuff. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There was th- only a few years ago, DC tried to do an entire universal reboot for Wildstorm in a book called The Wildstorm. <laughs> it made it what twelve issues and got canceled. 12, again? Well, and that being said, I think they were planning twelve issues, and then they kind of, and then just no one ever bought more than twelve, and they were like, "All right, well, that's that." I, I got to tell you, I, I used to when we used to make videos for DC because DC had like another channel that they would like make videos for, and they wouldn't pay us; they would just kind of like put them out. Uh, they uh, they asked me to cover Wildstorm for them, and I got about four issues in, and I'm like, I have to stop reading this book. It is so <laughs> boring. <laughs> that was the I had with it. Andy liked it. My brother. It's it, it's great. It's just also terribly boring. <laughs> it's 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 set up for a trade. It's not yeah. intended to be read individually. And there's a lot of no. stories more recently coming up that are set up like that. But uh huh. Yeah, month to month, that book is impenetrable. I I assume, and I need to really sit down because that, that's actually where I learned about John Davis Hunt's art, and he's awesome, and the book looks unbelievable. So. If you're if you're curious about Wildstorm, you know maybe not start with don't start with the Wildstorm, <laughs> but uh, yeah. But Grifter, the, the reason why we're even talking about Grifter, if I may, is because Grifter has always been on a team. Whenever Grifter was introduced in the '90s, he was either on Team Seven or Wildcats. It's it's never been the Grifter show, and he's always kind of been Red Hood. Yeah. Batman, but willing to kill. It's kind of always been his motif. He's you know? he's like cooler with the Gambit? world's worst mask that would fly up. <laughs> yeah, well, th- and it worked out great because he's so sexy under there. He always had a five <laughs> o'clock shadow. He always had a cigarette. He he looked <laughs> awesome all the time, and the mask is also cool. You know, but just, it, it defies physics how it always stayed down. Like, yeah. is it oh, weighted? Yeah. <laughs> it it needs to be. This one, not so much. His definitely. It has to be. But uh, anyway. Uh, but yeah, ever since they've been pushing Grifter, they're like, Grifter, 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 looked at him. And it's like, wh- what about anyone else from, from Wildcats? Like, I kind of would be excited to see a DC Universe Wildcats today. I know that, I think, around the New 52 or before the New 52, they launched a Wildcats book. And I think Grant Morrison wrote it, and it lasted like four issues or something. But uh, ever since then, no Wildcats. <laughs> Just bring right. back Wildcats. Why not? Those characters are cool. Maul, Voodoo. Zealot, because <laughs> as you said, they're from the '90s. Yeah, but they're also drawn by Jim Lee, and they look sick. And Voodoo's cool. Well, no, Zealot's cool. Voodoo had her own comic, or is it a different Voodoo? Voodoo, no, same, same Voodoo, just you know, <laughs> rebooted. And Void, <laughs> Void's cool, very interesting. The uh, yeah, Marlowe, who they reference. And that's the thing is that in these books, they are starting to tease 
at the Wildcats. Well, in this book here, they state that it's Earth 50, which is what mm-hmm. it was numbered as. Yep. So Dan put in our notes here, does this mean that Grifter is actually from the Wildstorm universe, Earth 50, and this is, is an alternate universe Grifter? Well, I would assume no, but there's a line in the book where uh, somebody references uh, his his past, and he says something like, that was another lifetime ago, another universe ago. And so that could be him musing, you know, about such time and such like space could be like a fourth wall break kind of thing where yeah, it's just like a- ah previous 90s run <laughs> right yeah but like but those characters do exist in this reality or it's like no i slipped and i fell through a portal and i ended up here and now i'm just doing the best i can they old man logan to me <laughs> yeah yeah the old man logan to me I would not like that. <laughs> and I and I only say that because like I don't think the Wildstorm from the 90s has legs anymore. I don't think that you can like just pick it up. I don't think you could like revisit it. You can't like go back. You can't go home again. I don't think that you could ever just go like, "Hey Jim, Choi, and Campbell, just just pick up Gen 13 where it left off." You can't do that book anymore. That would be that would be like if they went to J. Scott Campbell, and we'll talk about a little bit more about his recent things coming up soon. But yeah. if they went to him and said, "Could you just do a modern day Danger Girl?" Right, <laughs> it would and, not get uh, traction. I mean, no, it would get traction, but it would get the wrong kind of traction. Like it would just be it would be canceled. It'd, so it'd be like Aspen trying to do Fathom again. Right, and people are <laughs> like, "Uh, Turner ain't here no more. No more Fathom." Yeah, well, I mean, well, because they tr- recently tried to reboot Witchblade, and the new answer for Witchblade was. A completely unrecognizable costume yeah, that completely consumes her body. And I'm like, guys, you do realize that the reason Witchblade succeeded is you had a hot girl that had armor that literally protected her nipples and genitalia. Like, and that was it. And <laughs> everything was else was it. exposed. That was the whole... That that was the reason why 13-year-old Benny read Witchblade. Like, right. <laughs> I gotta tell you, by the way, like... I, I don't even remember Witchblade. the plot of Witchblade. I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> I never really read a lot of Witchblade. I have Rich, I have Witchblade number one. I have a Witchblade crossover. You know, Witchblade crossed over with uh, Silver Surfer once, <laughs> and uh, and that's it. You know, uh, some of these characters they belong where they were. Although they did make, I think like Wildstorm turned twenty five or thirty or something, and they had like this this oversized hardcover, and they got everybody back, and like Campbell drew a like return to Gen thirteen, and Jim Lee did one, and like there's there's all this like sequel story and having read it not great. <laughs> um and the chat is asking me they're like wait they're redoing which but no they did and none of you read it <laughs> <laughs> yeah you also didn't watch the show you philistines there was a t a tbs or a tnt live that action at least, TV that at series. least kept the gauntlet accurate hold on did I, you not see the witchblade reboot no Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna get this, and Dan can put it up on the on the screen for them to see. Yeah, quick. please. I would love uh, to see this. That's the new. That was the new Witchblade costume they were trying to do. That's not even a thing. She looks that, like Ragman. That that's what I mean. Like it's it's not Witchblade in any way, shape, or form. No, no, <laughs> no. And I'm, by the way, like I'm not I'm not like annoyed that she's not just like a pinup girl with like a skin condition. It's just that's not anything. Well, and, that, and that's my argument. And we'll have this discussion for real quick here. Look, 13-year-old Benny loved half-naked Witchblade. Right. You know, 30s Benny, I'm probably not going to read it for the same reasons. Your story better be good. <laughs> better be cool. Yeah, yeah like, I, 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 if, I'm not going to complain if she's half-naked, but at the same time, like, I want a story or I'm just going to drop the book. Yeah. It, half-naked drawn women are too easy to come by. But to completely, why did, because Witchblade got, like, full body armor at one point. Yeah. Why wouldn't they go with that look? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, and that, other people get the Witchblade. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, like, that is Ragman. That's like Solstice yeah. or whatever from Marvel. Oh, like, yeah. That's not, that, that, that's not Witchblade. That's not no. the title. Like, go no, for, like, I, I get in this day and age we don't want cheesecake superheroes. Because that was the thing with Witchblade. Witchblade wasn't yes. a cheesecake cover. Which made was a cheesecake superhero. Every yes, she was every a bad, shot. She was she was one of the bad girls. Lady Rawhide, Witchblade, yeah. Lady Death, Purgatory, everybody from Chaos Comics, or now Coffin Comics. Yeah, like, they were all cheesecake and, books. And that's what I'm saying. Like that was every panel that she was in was a cheesecake. For those who don't know what cheesecake is, it is the term used to intentionally draw women overly sexualized. Yes. 
to like the tenth degree. If you read anything Xenoscope, yeah. <laughs> any cover in Xenoscope is a cheesecake cover. Um, yep. And it is. It's just a drum of sales. And that was what that book was. You could have easily done New Witchblade, full body armor, boom. Yes. And I would have been like, oh, this could be cool. Like, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, this is just weird. But that's the thing is that, like, I think those days are over and I don't think they're going to do it. So, anyway. And for the record, if anybody is who watches this post or actually read this run is like, no, she gets the armor later, Benny. I read it until she appeared like that and said, oh, no. <laughs> this isn't Witchblade. Yeah. So if she if she gets normal armor later, I apologize. <laughs> but it's also like weird. Like what? Like what are you doing? Why would they? Why would they make that bait and switch? Like are yeah. you trying to like hide Witchblade? Like okay, listen, everyone is gonna be upset about her being like sexy. Is gonna buy the first three issues of Witchblade, but then. They're going to stop reading it. And by issue four, she's going to be super sexy again. Like, no, that's such a weird, that's not a business strategy. That's just, yeah. Anyway. Uh, um, but, and yes, uh, our chat also states that in the world of anime, it's referred to as a fan service anime or com or manga. And yes, that's exactly what it is. It's fan service yeah. and cheesecake are the exact same. Yeah. They so. call it fan service in every other medium as well. But uh, you're, you're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but I should say I like how you try to correct me. I was like, he should have no, like, no, not oh, you. Benny. I'm I'm correcting them. Where they're like, oh, oh Benny, don't forget, uh, anime invented literally everything. Uh, everything that you know came from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and My Hero Academia. <laughs> Sick, My Hero reference, Benny. Sick. Actually, actually, those sh those books and shows <laughs> just reference everything else. Whatever <laughs> reference I'm making is not a My Hero reference. It is a reference that My Hero is making. That just let me let me let me just cut to the chase with everybody who tells me that I keep making my Hero Academia references. I am not. They are making references to things that I am making references to. Yeah, well, I mean, my Hero Academia. What people don't seem to if who only read my Hero Academia, and I have read, watched, and liked my Hero Academia. I still like it to this day. I just stopped reading and watching it. Yeah. Uh, it is literally a manga take on American superheroes. That's the whole trope right. they're going for. Yeah, nothing originated in a My Hero Academia. Just if we if we we could do a whole episode where we pick apart every trope right. My Hero does and where it started in American comics. Yeah, like literally, this is a, this is a show. Uh, we're a ch we're channels from Western comic books. We're not <laughs> referencing My Hero Academia. I'm sorry. <laughs> so moving on to the next thing on this list Please. here, then, since we talked about Grifter. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Future State Gotham number one. Now, we weren't going to talk about this, but Sal and I caught it right before the episode. And I we was did. And we it. couldn't stop talking about it. We were like, okay, we're down the so, rabbit hole with this. Yeah. So Future State was supposed to be a two-month event. And they're kind of promoting that a lot of Future State is coming back. My philosophy, where the reason why this is happening, I think, is because yep. Future State sold very well. They were, they were like, hey, Future State sold at Gangbusters. So what I think is, so it, let me start over here real quick. Now, Please. you don't have to cut anything, but... So Future State sold very well, and it looks like DC is is basically using Future State exactly like Sal and I said. Future State was the remnants of the original DC 5G. Yep. All of this is speculation. We have no evidence to go either way. No confirmation. Following no. up with our speculation, and what kind of confirms it is this new Future State Gotham issue one. Yeah. This book is written by Joshua Williamson, and I'm assuming it's probably, I haven't actually read it, but I assume it's probably written very well, and it's a great story. I love Joshua Williamson's work. Yep. But the artwork in this is a black and white sketch thing that maybe was intended, but also looks like it was sitting on some editor's desk, <laughs> and they didn't want to pay the inker or the colorist to come in and just said, put it out on the shelves. Yeah. I don't know how, <laughs> many, how many issues is this book slated to have. I don't even know because right? I don't even remember hearing about it because I thought we had the Red Hood in Urban Legends story and that was the Red Hood story. Exactly. I, well, and we had the backup in one of the Batman books that was this. Like, yeah. Future State Gotham was is the, is the end result of the backup story set during Future State that starred Jason Todd doing his thing. Uh, hold and on, then we got we, this... Yeah. One of our chat is uh, Peacekeeper Zero One just showed up Batman 1 8. Why wouldn't you think Future State is still coming? No, the whole point of Future State was to show you where things are supposed to be in about a year, which right. is why we got Peacekeeper Zero One in Batman 108, because that's mm -hmm. a part of Infinite Frontier. Future State as a label and a brand of books and the actual stories there, that was supposed to be done. 
as the way they were pitching it. Future State yeah. itself was done, and that was the pitch because it was supposed to move into Infinite Frontier, and Future State was supposed to show us the possible futures. Some yeah. of these may happen, some of these might not, and it all depends on base, most likely the reaction to the books. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, so, but yeah, so we saw this book, and we looked at it, and we're like, this looks like it's not done, and. Yeah. Some of the pages are like shaded properly, and some of them look like the artist drew a quick sketch because that was the initial rough draft of it. Right, like it, it, <laughs> it looks like it is in phase one of a published comic book, where it's like next phase will be flats or, or like inks, flats, colors. It looks unfinished, is what yeah. is what the, the the suggestion is. The implication is that this book is not done. And they it's, put it out it's anyway. It's what they had. Yeah. It's, it's what, what they, they had. had. It's all they had, and they didn't want to spend more to finish it. But they also build it as an ongoing series. So it's not like they shouldn't have finished it. <laughs> like, they absolutely... Like, I wonder not, if this is a test to cut costs. Oh, my God. Where they're like, think? hey, this black and white... Everyone's buying black, white, and red. Everyone's buying black and white and blue. Right. What if we just try putting out the flats to something? The rough draft right. to something? And see if, if no one notices and they buy it anyway, like, we could yeah. save half... We could, we could cut costs on these books. It's $4. On top of that, though, to make it more obvious, at least in my opinion, that this, this is an early phase of the artist's work, Yes. Where he was just where he just drew up the basics, sent it over so they could start lettering it, and was like, "All right, I'll get you guys the completed pages real soon." Like, <laughs> God, I've been um, there. yeah. there's a backup in this that is drawn in the style of a black and white sketched, shaded, the whole nine yards. <laughs> like, yes, the backup the in this story is much more finished, finished yeah, looking. It feels more uh, finished. We could be completely wrong. This could be the intended appearance and run of this book. Right, and for 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 scale, we uh we looked up the artist's work and took a look at a couple of other uh, books they've done over the years, and uh, it does have a particular style to it that you yeah. would find prevalent in this that I would say looks unfinished, uh, and I won't drag anybody else into it. I'm just gonna say on, on, from my perspective, the work that I have seen and is a very small sampling of this artist's work uh, looks like the style is kind of very loose and sketchy and unfinished. Yeah. Uh, or what I would consider to be unfinished in a, in a mainstream big two comic book. So it's pretty, it's pretty par for the course. Now um, I am wondering yeah. if, because it is a stylized unfinished look, if it was intended and it's hard to gauge because this is on a book labeled future state Which, about like, a storyline that should, shouldn't it, exist anymore. It because, should be over. That's yeah. the weird part, right? It's like if, because I remember them if this had just come out, and especially if it's, this was a digital exclusive book, I would say 100% no question about it. Nobody has to confirm it. It is. It was just finished. Someone forgot to roll it out. Here it is now. Hopefully yeah. it'll make a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. But. Well, the only reason announced. I bring up that it might be intended is because the Harley Quinn is a completely stylized look. If you've read the current Harley Quinn run... It looks like nothing we've ever seen with Harley Quinn, and not in oh, a bad way. I'm actually enjoying the very stylized look. Loved going the for. art. Future State Harley Quinn looked sick. Well, and I'm talking crazy. the current run. The Future State looked looked amazing it, too. That looked it's, crazy. The current one looks more cartoony. Mm -hmm. Like okay. I don't think you're gonna like it. I probably not. I'm not. Yeah. Like I'm not really a big Riley Rosmo fan, and like it's very cartoony. I'm not saying he's doing the book, but I am just using him as an example. Like I get how great he is. I don't know if I like, like I, I've seen so much of his work that I'm like, all right, I'm not a fan. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, mean, like, I, I, I know I you prefer the else, more like, finished, realistic kind of look. I, yeah. I'm more of like a, you know, Dan Mora, like Chichetto kind of person. But like that being said, you know, I still recognize and appreciate, you know, different styles of art. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, our chat is stating that future state Gotham is solicited as a black and white book. Well, we know that. And that's yeah, the no. point we're making. Yeah. I, we're debating if it was originally intended to be a black and white book or it was supposed to come out during future state. And some editor is like, Oh crap. Well, black and white books are a thing right now. Let's just put it out like this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah I, Red, I Hood. Red Hood always sells. <laughs> right. I, I guess. I mean, like he is, he's everywhere. I, I just, I th I think, and this is just a hypothesis, that this book was not done, 
and they didn't want to spend as much, and so they just put it out. Right, because um, they had Joshua Williamson write it, and they paid well, not the just, artist. It was him step. and uh, Dennis Culver. Okay, well, they still they, paid. Then they paid two writers. Yeah, and they and they paid an artist to sketch it. Right. So there, there was money the, in this book. That was the yeah. whole point of Future State because they paid for some five G stuff and they had to roll it out. Yeah, and that and it could be that this was just, except, except that this is a backup. Like this is the continuation of a backup story that had already been going on. So it could be that this whole issue was because remember if if the Red Hood story. In, during Future State was the backup and they only had remember Future State was only two or four issues right yeah it could be they had more Jason Todd Red Hood story for the backups but not enough front book to back it up with this so they took the rest of the backup Jason Todd story that was done put it in its own book and put this out maybe Right, it, it's, like, it's, inter- it's an interesting link. It, it's weird because it, 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 I, it partially confirms the theories yeah. that because everyone likes me, us included, likes to theorize that Future State was the remnants of five G. But yes. DC never made a statement about that. They never came out and said, "Yes, guys, all the rumors are true." Well, and DC, here's what's left. <laughs> DC learned a very valuable lesson after the in the wake of Dan DiDio and whatever happened to him, because there has been no official statement from the company in regards to Dan DiDio. And yeah. what was the lesson? The lesson is they never issued a statement about Dan DiDio, but everybody in the comic book industry knows he was fired. So if everybody already knows. And we could catch a lot of crap in our media for firing him, but we never actually make a statement about it, and we can get away with that? Maybe we'll just stop issuing statements about all kinds of things. You know, like, <laughs> usually companies have to say something. Like, if a CEO is fired, usually there's a statement from the company. And it, it's, it's always a BS statement, and it's always written by, like, a committee of people, and we all know. But that's the theater of being a company in the public is that you gotta play the game. You gotta explain yourselves because you usually have shareholders and people who are dependent on your success or failure. But they, they learned very quickly. They were like, we never issued a statement. And there was actually like a timely reason for it. It was sudden when he was, when he left and it was a weird time. And I think it was on like a weekend. Anyway, they had a little bit of a delay and the news broke before they could issue the statement. And then I think, I think internally they were like, Let's see how long it lasts. And if enough legitimate outlets just just give us a pass, this will be our new normal. We'll be never telling the public what we're doing at any point. Like, there are a lot of weird theories. And, that, and of course, and the, the consequence of that is the weird theories yeah. that arise from a silent company. Like, you wouldn't believe what I'm hearing. Not from creators, but from everybody else. Like, retailers and printers about what DC is doing, planning, and what their intentions are. And it's rampant speculation. Oh, yeah. Rampant to the point of, like, them saying, well, everybody knows that this is exactly and definitively what DC is doing. And DC's letting it happen because they won't say anything. They won't. What I, what I love confirm. about the DC speculation is it goes everywhere from like DC's having its best year ever to DC is so bankrupt they're good they're getting sold. Like yeah. the speculations on both ends of that spectrum yeah. right now. And by the way, they're wrong on both counts. Like those yeah, two yeah. extremes. I will say this: we know people in the industry. We've spoken to them personally. Neither of those is true. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it more falls into they're a comic book company trying to find the next big thing that sells Batman. Like, that's basically it. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, um, it, it's amazing. But, like, this doesn't help. Yeah. This kind of book because it's just kind of like. and It's it, also out of the norm for DC in general. Exactly. Because they've only ever. Re- they don't do a lot of black, white, and red books. They don't do a lot of these Wolverine things. It's right. out of character for it to be Red Hood. Because as Dan said in the pre-show, why wouldn't they just out- do some red outlines and make it black, white, and Red Hood? And yeah. then it would s- feel more natural. Why is it a continuation of Red Hood's future state story? Which, as we know of right now, is supposed to may or may not happen. Yeah, but we're but we're continuing it in the alternate future that may or may not happen. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, why remind people? Like, what are you doing? And this is for me. Like, it's not even. I don't even care. Like, we're not one of those like misery profiteering channels that just like oh bad news in the bad news kaching super chat. Yeah, but like we uh, 
we, but like, it doesn't look good. Like, why are you reminding people about this thing that you shouldn't even be putting your effort into? Like, what are you, what are you doing? You know, you know what it falls in line with? It, just, it, falls, it falls in line with Marvel celebrating the big cinematic universe for uh, 10 years anniversary or 12 years. Yeah, And yeah. on the same day, WB being like, Joss Whedon Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> why are you reminding people that you... Yeah, why did you do that? that <laughs> why did you, like... You just released Zack Snyder cut, and your response is, and 4K Joss Whedon. Right? Like, like, why? why? Obviously, that movie got panned. Why Why would you well, remind people it even exists? And, like, Whedon, if you're, like, let's say, well, we really want to start catching in the media. Like, oh, great idea. What is the media going to concentrate on if you say Joss Whedon? They're going to say, <laughs> oh, right, you mean the guy who is, like, has rampant speculation on his own? The guy who is, like, being accused of being, like, a racist. The guy who literally, if you Google him, you'll get a Gal Gadot quote from two days ago that said, like, he threatened my career privately. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah, like, exactly. How tone deaf are you? So, I mean, WB is putting out Joss Whedon cut. DC's pushing out more Future State stuff. Right. Which, while it, it's got to be a, it's, it's got to be a way to test the waters. I yep. guarantee there are more Future State stories that were completed that are sitting yep. at the office right now. Oh, my God. For yeah. the... 5G initiative that never yep. actually happened, which got leaked out in the whole nine yards. Right, and right. so there's this. Timmy says there are more stories for that, and there, if Future State sold this, this actually proves Future State mm -hmm. sold as well as they claimed. Because right. everyone liked to be like, "A oh, Future State sold like crap. DC's yeah. lying." Well, <laughs> then they then they wouldn't have put out more Future State. <laughs> No, it's so true. you're wrong. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. This no, is literally them testing to see if they can put out the rest of the unfinished work. Yes. That's how it looks to me. That's what it entirely looks to me. Yeah. Now, but if if it were me, I, I wouldn't like I wouldn't do that, but that's like, you know what that is? That because I have a, I have an aversion towards nickel and diming. So for me it's like if you have let's say seven random future state titles that have nothing to do with each other. You just put out a book. Like just put yeah. out one compendium, call it Future State: The Lost Tales, and just and just call it a day. Fifteen bucks. That's the end of it. But I know these guys. Four ninety nine. Four ninety nine. Four ninety nine. Four ninety nine. Seven of them. Uh huh. Mm hmm. How many of those am I going to make? Then I'll put out a compendium. You mean to tell me we have a few more Batman? We have a few yeah. more Red Hood. Those are going to sell. Uh, what, uh -huh. what else do we have? That what else do we have that'll sell on its own? Right. <laughs> oh, you have a Future State Etrigan book. Uh, yeah, we can we can squeeze that in between some Red Hoods, like. It's just, and, and by the way, this is all again speculation. We don't. Yeah, really we know. could we be no completely wrong. This could have been the plan from the get go, and they right. could have just been like, "Hey, we want that Red Hood book to come out." Like, yeah. But the problem is, when you do this kind of thing, you let the audience dictate the narrative, or control, or, or yeah, or, or or determine the narrative. They're like, "Hey, uh, this is what it looks like you're doing." So I'm just gonna say that's what you're doing, and they're like, "Oh yeah. wait, well, no, we're not." And it's like, "Well, aren't a lot you of know? other channels won't spe won't special won't specifically state." We're speculating right no. now. No, oh no, there will be channels that are like, so here's definitive proof, and the proof is just that I said it was, and uh, I made uh, like five hundred dollars on this episode. Thanks a lot. So, all right, let's go ahead and move on to the next Sick. topic here instead of just completely harshing on an idea that we have. Yes, um, yes, please. Let's move on to the next comic that's been going on. Sal, why don't you talk a little bit about the Hellfire Gala? Yeah, the Hellfire Gala. I don't know. I know very little about it. I think it's just the idea that like they're having this uh they're having this big kind of like red carpet event. Uh, they've been, you know, we we didn't get any invitations, by the way. Uh, I I don't even fully uh, know what it is. I just I don't even know what costumes. it is. <laughs> right, new costumes, but they're costumes that are like the red carpet costumes. They're not like fighting costumes. These are like these are gala, you know, orchestra costumes. These are these are these are dresses and suits. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, the X Men have never been sexier and crazier looking. And I, I, I all I know is that. I think they're ten of swordsing it. I think that like the Hellfire Gala will be the next thing that's like tearing through all of the X titles. Um, I don't want them to do that if that's the case, but I, no. I think that might be what's happening. I feel like it's way too soon. Mm -hmm. I feel like the X books are starting to finally get their feet again. They're all starting to kind of separate again, and now we're going to come back together for a Hellfire Gala. It's like ugh. yes. Well, I and I think they I think they're doing that. It, for me, I look at the X Men titles kind of like breathing. Where it's like we expand, we contract, we go back, we go out, we come back in. Yeah. And for this, it's like we expand, like we you know, we we breathed in, we made it, we ten, ten of swords. Here's all the X Men titles and all the like the, the it, and all the different tones going for one unison uh, and one unified vision because like that's what the X Men are, right? All the X Men are under one roof, one location, one directive, 
And right. we're going to try to remind you like of that when the Hickman event does inevitably show up. The big one is what I'm going to call it for now. But uh, then we expand. Once it's over, you know, we expand. Everybody gets to we, – we, we brought in a whole bunch of new readers. We maybe got a few new readers on different titles that weren't reading those titles. Then we push them out. We bring them back in, remind you, hey, like this is all still connected. Hellfire Gala. Yeah. Um, and Hellfire Gala is going to spin off into like new books. So you're going to – we're getting like not necessarily cancellations but certainly hiatus. Uh, I think X Factor is on hiatus or canceled. Um and uh, and we're getting some new books. And we also, for the record, don't know if Hellfire Gala is a full event, a giant one issue, just in the X-Men no book. No idea. We, yeah. Because they were promoting it, but they spoiled the ending. And I loved your theory as to why they did that, Sal. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, I was going to let oh. you say your theory. I was going to take oh, your yeah. theory from you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, uh, they, I forgot I had one. The idea is, uh, yeah, they spoiled it because they were like, maybe Ten of Swords didn't sell that well. And they're like, we got to tell you what's happening at the end of this thing. <laughs> like Marvel's like, we don't trust it. Like we, we just, we just don't. And it's a bombshell surprise. And I assume it's just because it, Ten of Swords, right? Ten of Swords, the, the art, you got like Mark Brooks art, like originally where it's all the X-Men with swords and everyone's like, yes. And then you read it and you're like, okay, where are the swords? Quite, <laughs> that was not quite what you promised. And uh, it's still fun. And I dig Ten of Swords, but like, uh, it's not exact. It's I, not I just a, loved how, I just love how many times they used Wolverine. Like yeah. he was in so many fights, even a drinking contest. I know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why not? Because he hasn't doing anything in this run. Uh, but with Hellfire Gala, it's even more esoteric. It's even more weird. It's even like, they're wearing, they're, it's like they're going to the opera. There's no way no one, there's no way people are going to die. There's no way there's going to be a big epic fight. No, yeah. listen, like Ten of Swords ends pretty friggin' epically, by the way. But like, I feel like they're, they're afraid that Hellfire Gala is just it's just it's not hitting, and we know that Marvel tracks all this stuff through social media rather than like market research. <laughs> so uh, I imagine that like hashtag Hellfire Gala or whatever wasn't trending quite as well as Ten of Swords, and they're like, oh god, uh, just tell them what happens at the end. It's pretty cool, and then they did. And Marvel like because we saw the the announcement of a new event or story or whatever status quo, and. Uh, they spoiled it, and and it turns out the source came from Marvel themselves. Marvel's like, yeah, no, we told you what happened. We even had John Romita Jr. draw some art because he uh, ended his exclusivity with DC, or rather, DC ended their exclusivity with John Romita Jr. But uh, <laughs> Romita Jr. draw drew a little uh, promo piece. It's not he's not drawing the book. It's just he drew a promo. Didn't piece, they but, end all of yeah. their exclusivities? I thought I thought all of them pretty much ended. I don't think all of them. I think there's like one or two of them that have exclusivities. I think like I I think Josh is still exclusive. I think that Snyder is still exclusive. Uh, I think I, I, Bendis. I would assume Bendis is just, not. No. 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 They announced that one. Bendis is not exclusive, and I think that's because Bendis cost, cost too too much. I assume they like, probably did. Yeah. Because they because they worked out. Yeah. No. Uh. But uh. But the other guys like, I think I think Chip not exclusive, but he's not exclusive anywhere, and uh, and everybody else. I mean, but Ramita was one of those people. Dan Moore is one of those people. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So uh, <coughs> do we want to talk about the spoiler? Uh, I mean, it's, they don't we're, they don't say exactly exactly just so following apparently uh, they yes. said what's going to happen after Hellfire Gala. Yes, and what, like they what said happens after it? Like the ending. There's going of to be a Gala. trial of Magneto based on the murder that happens at Hellfire Gala. So they basically right. say Hellfire Gala's got something happening, guys. It's going to be like Clue, a murder mystery. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Well, like you think it's going to be all fun, and then boom, there's a murder, and they suspect Magneto. And yeah. so it's going to spin into the trial of Magneto, which like, boy, that would have been pretty cool. Like to, to ha- like, did not know that was coming to like get yeah. to the end of Hellfire Gala and be like, oh my God, such as such died. I'm hoping it's yeah. Kitty Pride. I just, and we don't I, know who it is. Yeah. I think everyone loves Kitty Pride too much. I think she needs to die. So <laughs> she just died. She's already been dead. And then they brought her back. But yeah, but I'm excited. Yeah. Like, that's a cool idea. Our chat says uh, the best knives out with the X-Men. But it would have been better if you didn't know who they were going to suspect by the end of Knives Out. That's like yes. that's like going, hey man, you should see Knives Out. By the way, it's this guy. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, you know what? It's better that we know the we 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 don't know because that'll be interesting. You know, how will this affect everything? I don't know. Plus, we're getting new books, so uh, that's cool. I guess it's too bad that Marvel keeps spoiling everything, but they've been doing that forever. Um, but it is, it, it's cool that Gala will matter. Yeah. According to true. readers, <laughs> as opposed to it being like, whatever. Um, so. I think that's all of our comic. Nope. Let's talk about heroes are born real quick. And then we'll move yes. on. Yes. 
So here was Ron last. I actually really liked it based on a response. I'm assuming you didn't. No, I was not a fan. Uh, but I get it. I mean, like, I love the idea. Like, that pitch, the, they didn't write the pitch, by the way. This is my pitch of Heroes Reborn, which is, what if what if, uh, what if, if the Justice League ran the Marvel Universe? And it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. And it's like, well, normally you'd be like, oh, because, well, it would just be like the DC Universe. But no, the Marvel Universe is intrinsically different. And yeah. let's take a look at what that would be like if the Justice League ran the Marvel Universe. How cool. Love that idea. Um, my, the execution? My, eh. I, I didn't really... mind the first issue. My biggest problem is they marveled it up already. Now, when this is being pitched, <laughs> I thought it was going to be Heroes Reborn, one through seven, maybe one or two spinoffs, and that'd be the extent of it. Yeah. But I got to the end of Heroes Reborn one, and I'm like, man, this is a cool idea. When's the second one to come out? Checklist. Next week. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, why week, didn't way, I see two. this coming? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. It's a Marvel event. We all knew. But, uh... Yeah, and I, I had some major criticisms about the cover scheme. I was like, what are you doing? Like, the lineal U art is so drastically different from the McGinnis art that it's just like, that. they just look totally different, and you're like, they're, they're tonally completely separate. Then you're stealing the Civil War aesthetic, but, like, Civil War has nothing to do with this, and it's just kind of... It, there's a lot of, like, weird going on with the with the execution of this event, and I know that they want to also differentiate it from, ten, from, from the X-Men, who have basically been having an event since, like, they debuted House of X, and it's like... <laughs> Dawn of X started the X-Men event. <laughs> right, yeah. Just the X-Men event of reading X-Men for two years. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, and how does the Years of War affect the X-Men? I don't know. We'll Probably not. Probably doesn't. Yeah, everyone's saying it's a weekly series, so it will be done relatively soon. Thank I God. just find it kind of funny the amount of tie-ins that it's already kind of announcing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, and it's, for me, it's also one of those things where it's like, it's another representative of how, like, Marvel hears you. Because the, you would like to see a Marvel DC crossover. We just want to let you know, we're never going to do that. I know, I know. We, we're never going to do it. Here's what we think it would look like if we were allowed to do it. Yeah. But we're not going to do it. So but We're never going to do that. So I know you guys like Amalgam. How about Infinity Warps? You guys like uh, <laughs> you like you guys like JLA versus the Avengers? How about Heroes Are Born? You like those? Not really. Yeah. Okay, well, we're not going to do it still. We're still not going to do it. <laughs> so... I don't know. It's interesting. I, I liked the first issue. We'll see how cool. this goes. Good, yeah. good. I'm glad because it's like... I'll keep up know, with it and keep talking about it. Because I really don't like Aaron on Avengers. I have not at all. And, uh, you know, that would... It, it's been very frustrating for me to read Avengers. Like, I, I don't. I just haven't read Avengers in a year. And it's just like every every week I'm like, ugh. And, I'm catching uh, up on Avengers right now. Then I remember I'm still supposed to read that Daredevil book and talk to you about my opinion on the Daredevil book. So I'm going to oh, go yeah. back to that now. <laughs> That's all right. You, you, you do you get, it's, it's literally sitting on my coffee table. Like, I have the book. It's not. Right. This isn't yeah. like, oh, I'll go buy it, Sal. No, <laughs> I know. I remember <laughs> you saying you got them. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, all right, so two other superheroes got some brand new powers before we move on to our other two topics of the day. Mm -hmm. uh, Superman 31 shows John getting a new power where he can explode his heat vision midair by focusing a single point of the blast to collide and create an explosion. Okay. Uh, who cares? Right. That's honestly my... <laughs> you know what? I remember when they said Superman got a new power. Solar he flare. never used it. He used it twice, and... Uh, John used it once. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I, and I remember seeing it in something else where, like, it was after... It was after New 52, and, and, and he did it again. And people were like, he just did the solar... Remember that solar flare? He did the, He did it again. Yeah. <laughs> it I mean, like, the problem with Superman and Superboy is they're just too strong and, the end of the day, uninteresting because mm. they're too strong. The issue I've always had with Superman and Superboy is there's they have no challenges. Right. Which, which the challenge always is, we found kryptonite! <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've, I have enjoyed a lot of Superman, especially lately, and... They've uh, had good stories. I'm, I'm not trying to, like, discount all Superman. Let me just right. throw that out there. I do like Superman as Superboy. Generally, though, his stories do boil down to, he's unstoppable! <laughs> For me, the problem with, like, Superman got a new power is stop that. It's never been interesting. Like Superman, quote, he getting a new has power. Too many. He he has them all. Like <laughs> he has all the powers. That's why he's Superman. He but has like, hearing, frost breath, heat vision, yep, flight, strength. 
Yep. Uh, I think it, he's been able to do telescopic vision. Yep. He's got super hearing, yep. super singing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like he can kill Darkseid with a single note. He <laughs> he can do anything, and that's what makes him Superman. That's fine. Like I, I've always been fine with that. I've never been like there's too many powers. He's unrelatable. I've never been like that. The problem was when they were like the powers are the character, and like they made him blue and electric and like that for me is like the perfect representation of like, you don't get it. Like you don't get Superman. Okay. You just don't get him because they were like, people aren't buying him. It's gotta be the powers. And it's like, it's never the powers. It's just the writing. Yeah. It's always the writing. I still, in the, in the most recent years, the most interesting Superman stories that have come out of the Superman mainline book for me yeah. was Tomasi's run. Right, where he was giving teaching him a son. his son because yeah. the the challenge there wasn't kryptonite. The challenge right. there wasn't a new villain that happens to be as strong as Superman. Yep. The challenge there was how do I teach my son? Yeah. That was what made that story interesting. Just like I like Superman on the Justice League because the challenge becomes how do I write and make Superman interesting and keep every other member of the of the Justice League interesting? Like, right. and, and it, that normally leads to some interesting writing and interesting stories because yes. you're trying to make you're trying to make because look, we all love Batman and Superman, but at the end of the day, Superman would just punch Batman into the sun. Yeah, like Superman kills him. Yeah, he'd the, be dead. Batman and Superman don't compete. They can't. They really no. Injustice. They literally made a green pill so that Batman could not be punched into the sun. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. What is what would happen if Superman went to the bad side batman would die like, yeah. it, it, <laughs> that's it I, we and we know that and it's okay but like you know what's funny there's a tom king had a great line when a child asked it's in superman up in the sky uh where a child asks superman if batman and superman fought who would win and he said batman and uh and she said that doesn't make any sense and he said well it would mean a lot to him <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that's just like, it. That, that's really what it boils down to. You yeah, know? She's, he's like, I would atomize him within an instant, but like, I don't kill, I would never kill him because my friend and he thinks he could beat me. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, no, but, but like for me, it never like super, you know, Superman, yeah, you could do this now. Like if you are a writer for Superman and you say, uh, I've got it, I'm going to write, I'm going to give him a new power. You should be fired. Like, well, the pro the pr issue I have with the new powers in general, it'd be, whether it be Superboy or Superman, because Superboy has all the same powers as Superman. We've discovered right. that, e even the solar flare. Yeah, is we already don't use half the powers he has. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we, we, I've not seen him be in a situation where he's like, it's too hot, freeze breath time. Yeah, like even his super speed, they try to nerf it below the Flash, but he's still faster than the Flash, depending on who writes it. You know. Yeah. Like it's it's it, it's it's just I don't know they they. There's so many powers that just don't line up yeah. in the end because he just has them all. Yeah. Our chat, our chat loves to, and we love to bring it to Christopher Reeves movies. Yeah. He has the... the Cellophane S. He, he could rebuild a wall. He could With his eyes. time. He could yeah. kiss your memories away. Like right. <laughs> and, and you know what's funny? That is, that is like, for me, that's like so Hollywood. Hollywood's like, I don't get Superman, so I guess he can just do anything, right? Yeah. Like, just anything? Just whatever I need him to do? And if you go back in time to, like, the Silver Age? Right. We all joke about Superman pulling multiple planets to the chain, but that kind... He had one... He could shoot little Supermen out of his hands. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is, this, is, this is what the stuff he could do back then, so... Yeah, Superman has all the powers. I mean, like, yeah. And if he needed to, he, he, could, he could create more. But at the end of the day, for me, that's never been interesting, and it's, 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 a, it's a sign that you are... You are dragging the bottom of the barrel for ideas. Like, yeah. if, you, if you can't make Superman interesting, that is your fault. <laughs> so the other so. character to get new powers is Okoya over at Wakanda. Yeah. Apparently, and I'm or not reading Okoye. this. Yeah. Okoye. I always mispronounce her, but it's all right. um, I, I'm not reading this, but apparently uh, she has been infused with the dragon key from Iron Fist, Heart of the Dragon. Power very similar to Di Danny Rand's Iron Fist power, which might bring new powers to the character, boosting her beyond simply being a s powerful and skilled fighter. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's interesting. Yeah, whatever. Build upon <laughs> these characters that have existed for a while, and they don't... Like, they tried to be like, hey, the Dora Malaja are just amazing fighters, but right. that doesn't... Outside of the occasional, like, Falcon Winter Soldier scene, no one cares. Right. No and, one cares. <laughs> well, and, like, like Okoye is in the big female empowerment scene at the end of Endgame, so, like, she's a superhero. Like, at the end of the day, 
Disney Marvel thinks that she's a superhero. And the com and, and I can imagine them going like, what's the Okoye comic? And they're like, there aren't any. Like, she's just, barely a background character in Wakandan comics. Literally that. Like, she's yeah. barely a character. And they're like, well, you should probably fix that, don't you think? So my assumption is they're like, I mean, like, you know. Give her more agency. Give her more agency. Give her give her more powers. Make her, make her, give her an opportunity to yeah. be a character who can have her own book. Uh, because, because she's already got fans. Like, the fact is. There are more fans for a character who's never had a solo book than there are for characters who have had multiple volumes of solo books at Marvel. Yeah, I mean, I think the Dora Milaje, Milaje had one, a book at one point. Mm. But, like, even if they did, she's not, a, like, they're, base, they're barely characters. Right. They the book are wasn't the called Okoye and the Dora Milaje. It was called yeah. something else. They're background characters to the rest of the Black Panther pantheon. Like, so Shiri, you know, T'Challa, T'Chanka, uh, yeah. Uh, Killmonger, um, Mbaku, uh, Mbaku. yeah, Mbaku, Killmonger. Yeah. But like, they're the background characters. They're the ones that propel the plot so that the characters can get involved. That's normally right. what happens. So yeah, it'd, it'd be like if they were like, man, that J. Jonah Jameson character is really selling. Uh, he's really he's really popular among the movie going audience. Make sure he gets powers. Yeah, yeah. Like J. Jonah Jameson only recently gotten more spotlight again because Nick Spencer really wants to turn him into a podcaster. Right, like, <laughs> which, uh, which, by the way, you got to give that credit to Zdarsky. He's the guy who started that. But yes, uh, uh, it's just you know what it is. It's just like we are. We have been. We've been inching by decades getting daily, getting Jana, Jonah back into the Daily Bugle. We've just been slowly getting him. When there. did they take him out of the Daily Bugle? No, he's not been on the Daily Bugle for years. I know. That's what I mean. But like, when what? When did that start? I can't remember. Oh, I don't even know. I don't even remember when they stopped. Having him associated with the Daily Bugle, but like he hasn't been in there in, in there in a long time, like decade or more. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. But I mean, like you know, given Okoye powers, that's just that's that's very corporate. And uh, I and I gotta tell you, it doesn't infringe on me. It's not like they were gonna they, they weren't gonna like greenlight a book I wanted, and it, they canceled it because they're given Okoye powers from the Iron Fist. It just seems a little convoluted. That's all. Maybe you might yeah. want to give it her. Maybe you might want to give it her Black Panther powers. I, I I don't know if you wanted to go Iron Fist with her, but okay. I mean, whatever. Well, you know what? I'll works. give him credit because the problem with Shuri being Black Panther is at the end of the day, Shuri's Black Panther. Like right. Shuri's not unique, and it's funny because in Strike Force she has the powers from the movie, and yeah. I actually thought that was a great way to kind of develop Shuri outside of just being oh she's just Black Panther. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she's <laughs> got her meow gauntlets. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's got him in the game, uh, and she's got like a whole getup to go with it. Now. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah, it's actually a pretty cool design. I, w I never brought that one up because that happened way back in the day, kind of a situation. Mm -hmm. But you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I it's I, I don't I I don't know. I like Black Panther. I don't like that the standard Wakandan lore is everyone in Wakanda becomes Black Panther. <laughs> like <laughs> he him being Black Panther should be kind of a big deal and very like hard to happen all the time. <laughs> Right, it's yeah. kind of like what I argued, like, well, Wolverine technically could be a title that moved on to his daughter, that made sense. Black right. Panther is a title that moves between characters, like, a little too much. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> it's, it's happened. Yeah, it, like, they barely gave Didn't Laura Didn't Baku have it at one point and Killmonger? I don't know. I'm pretty I'm sure not, they both... Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> I, I don't know, I'm going to Google that real quick. Yeah, see, look who, at has been, who has been Black Panther? Black Panther. <laughs> Because they pass it on all the time, and Black Panther himself like dies, becomes the Lord of the Dead, comes back, like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is <laughs> which is good for Marvel because they're like, well, we're not making, we're not recasting him, so we got to come up with another one. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So we got Black Panther, one billion BC. That's the newer one. Okay, all right. That's that's not a replacement. That's a yeah. That's character. not a replacement. Like, like T'Chaka, um, yeah. Bashenga was in Black Panther number seven, nineteen seventy eight, by Jack Kirby. Okay. All uh, right. Nahanda was the 11th century. Okay. 1,000 versions of the Avengers. So that was like a special thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chanda was in Fantastic Four Unlimited number one, 1993. Okay. All right. T'Chaka. That one's more notorious, but that was 1966. Yep. That was the father. Mm -hmm. Eric Killmonger became Black Panther in Black Panther number 15, February 20, 2000. There you go. Uh, he, was he was then killed by Monica Rambeau. 
Oh. <laughs> I don't even, <laughs> I became Black Panther. No. <laughs> so, Saiyan? Saiyan the Fast appeared in Black Panther Volume 4, number 2, May 2005. The okay. second son of a different king and T'Chaka's younger trusted advisor. So he became Black Panther. And okay. then Shuri became Black Panther when T'Challa ended up in a coma because of Doctor Doom. Mm. Yes. I remember that because I remember Marvel being like, who will become the Black Panther? And everyone's like, oh man, Storm be really cool. And they're like, Storm's a possibility. It's not. It's never going to be Storm. <laughs> so yeah, now it's just interesting to see the decision to just give her iron fist powers. But it also <laughs> might be a way. Right. But also, also, I'm going to throw the theory out there. And we talked a little bit about this on our canceled Marvel shows. It'll be up on Absolutely Marvel in DC tomorrow or the day after. Mm-hmm. What if this is a way to reinvent Iron Fist? Oh. Because the Danny Rand show didn't do well, and they now have the rights to Iron Fist. Right. We have the Iron Fist, but we don't want to make people think of Danny Rand because we caught too much crap about it the last time. And yeah. we don't want to deal with recasting. No, 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 no. We're not recasting Finn Jones or whatever his name is. We're, we're, we, we have a new Iron Fist, and it's Okoye, and you know that character. <laughs> yeah. That'd be well, amazing. I, when, when that. When, I don't know if I'd like that or not. I don't know. I would not like that. I think that's a I think that would be I think that's sinister. I don't I don't I don't like that. No, <laughs> sinister's an X-Men villain. Oh, but I'm Tish. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on to the next topic here. Mm-hmm. Um the Venom movie trailer dropped Venom Let There Be Carnage. Sal and I did an in-depth discussion going beat by beat for the trailer over at Absolutely Marvel DC. I put that video out this morning. Mm-hmm. But we do want to talk a little bit more about it here because the director came out and said that as of right now, and I'm I'm, I'm specifying as of right now, mm-hmm. Venom Universe is insulated, stating that none of the characters are aware of Spider-Man's existence. However, yep. they have decided to put Easter eggs in for the viewers to enjoy. Yes. Now... Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was well, gonna I was going to say, I don't think that's going to stick. I think, I think I, after Spider-Verse drops, Venom 3 is going to start directly referencing stuff. I have a wild theory about this. And it gives Sony a lot more credit than I think they're capable of getting. But if they pull it off, wow. Here it is. Venom 2. One of the things I noticed when we talked about it in our in-depth discussion, in the trailer, uh, a guy's reading the Daily Bugle. Yeah. Now... We've seen the Daily Bugle before, uh, and I assumed... I don't, I don't remember if there's a Daily Bugle referenced in Venom 1, because I only saw the movie one time. But uh, a lot of people were drawing parallels between the fact that... I've seen other people on podcasts discuss the fact that like there are parallels between the cover page of the Daily Bugle and how it's the exact same banner graphic as the one from the Raimi trilogy. Yes. I've seen the Raimi trilogy connections that came seemingly pop up quite a bit. Right. Now, that could be an homage. It could be a lazy graphic design department. Who knows? Uh, but let's, let's assume it's intentional. We also saw the Morbius trailer. And in the Morbius trailer, we saw a big image of Spider-Man in an alley and someone writing murderer over it in spray paint. Right, from the Mysterio thing. Yes. Now, we assumed it was Mysterio because... Because Tom Holland Spider-Man was accused of murdering Mysterio in the MCU Spider-Man movie. But the image in the alley in Morbius, which we know is connected to Venom, is of a PS4 graphic image of Spider-Man from the Raimi trilogy. Right. Sony likes to remind you, please forget uh, Andrew Garfield, we had the Raimi trilogy. Yes. (laughs) Now, if they're referring to Tom Holland, why is he dressed like, like, like... Tobey Maguire. My assumption was Sony's lazy and stupid, which is a fair assumption to make because they are lazy and stupid. But what if they're not? What if in Spider-Man No Way Home, they pluck Doc Ock, not from like, you know, from death, because he, spoilers, he dies at the end of Spider-Man 2. But like, what if it's not that they grab him and then we just like keep him as current today aged Alfred Molina. What if we de-age him? And we have Alfred Molina Doc Ock survive the events of Spider-Man 2, thus unmaking Spider-Man 3, thereby removing Topher Grace in the timeline and making Tom Hardy the Venom of the Spider-Man Raimi trilogy universe. So it's not even close. It's not connected to the Tom Holland universe. It's that there's a third hidden secret Spider-Man 3 starring Tobin Maguire 
that is made as a result of the timeline change because of Far because of No Way Home, and that Venom, and both Venom movies, the Spider-Man in those movies is Tobey Maguire. Okay, okay. Or I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I it, it would be very bold, and I know that, what's his name? Uh, Tobey Maguire is a lunatic, and he's hard to work with. But maybe he'd be down for one more movie. One more Raimi movie. And they pull him in? Like yeah. That, is it, so they, we end up getting Spider-Man versus Venom. Yes. Just not Tom Holland Spider-Man versus Venom. You're right. And we establish the existence of everything in uh, A No Way Home. Yes. I don't this know if w- I like that. Right. <laughs> but this this way, the Venom movie, like the incongruities, don't cause an issue with the MCU Spider-Man. And we know that Sony and Disney worked out a nice sweet deal. So we know Spider-Man's going to be in more things. And we know right. that Disney has every intention of continuing to use Tom Holland Spider-Man. So rather than try and bridge them, why not just have the Venom trilogy take or the Venom series and the Morbius series take place in the same Raimi universe? I mean, it's not a terrible idea, right? But I I don't trust Sony to do it well. Me either. <laughs> oh no, Sony. Yeah, and that's that's exactly as far as I'm thinking. Sony's capable of making those kind of decisions. I, I'm just thinking it's very interesting that like they that they drew that they put Raimi Spider Man in the alley in Morbius, and that the people in the trailer are reading the Raimi trilogy Daily Bugle, especially because in the MCU. The Daily Bugle isn't a newspaper. It's an Alex Jones YouTube channel. Right. Hmm. So. I like it. We'll have to make a whole video about your theory. You got to flush it out for me, okay? Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't know if, I don't even like it. I'm just saying. Like, I'm, <laughs> I don't even like my theory. Yeah. But, you know, anyway. <laughs> so, I just think it's interesting because I'm like, why? Wh- like, either you're horribly lazy or incredibly like i think it's that i think they're just lazy and they want people to they want people to talk about the trailer yeah so throwing up the ps4 spider-man logo and the daily bugle makes us do things like this so that they drum up pr because i will also say that i took a look at that uh daily bugle picture it looks like there's a reference and here's what's even more complicated it looks like when he folds the page over there's a reference to the avengers in that daily bugle which makes it even worse. <laughs> what if Sony's just like, all the universes are here? Or or what if Sony's like, no, there's an Avengers. There's a Raimi trilogy Avengers. Different oh, actors. No. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And it's just whoever, whoever Sam Raimi likes working with. It's uh, Ted Raimi. It's Bruce Campbell. <laughs> and they're all so. old. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, last topic we have here is the Modoc show is dropping real soon. Yep. I'm, I'm excited. different on this show. I, I like I like Robot Chicken. So yeah, me too. No, I like Robot Chicken too, and I, I understand that Pat Oswalt's not only playing Modoc, but he's also like writing the show. Um, so that's kind of cool for me. I I think they were working on this show like when they were working on all the other shows for Hulu, and like this is the only one that was like, well, we finished it, so we're gonna put it out. Yeah. Uh, and so it was outside of Hellstorm. Um, but, uh, yeah, eh, I, I, we'll see. Looks oh, fun. I'll sorry. Watch it. I've had a long day. I apologize. I did not make, <laughs> I've been trying to hold back that yawn That's for the fair. last hour and it finally just got up on me. Yes. Like <laughs> for the last hour I've been doing the whole. Oh yeah. I know that. Yawn. No yawn. No yawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I've had a very long day. I'm just very tired. That's um, fair. That's it. I think that's all we got, though, isn't it? Like, I, I made it to the end of the show before that, that yawn escaped That's true. Me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think, I think you're right. I think we got it. Future State, Heroes Are Born, Superman, Okoye, Batman Urban Legends, Marvel's new Robot Chicken show, Remodog, new Venom trailer, and Trial of Magneto. Yeah. That's pretty much it. All right. Well, yeah. thank you guys for joining us today. Oh, you know what? Real quick. I got to do it for you. Did you see the trailer for Green Knight? No. I saw, oh. I saw an image. I don't even know what it is. What 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 even is it about Gawain from like Yeah, apparently it's 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 a movie based on that poem. Oh. And it looks incredible. Cool. Okay. I'll <laughs> check that out. I like, know I'm so excited for that movie. So, yeah. all right, I'll check that out. I know that yeah. I know that poem. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it looks incredible. It's just like a like a Knights of the Round kind of thing. It looks nice. great. 
Uh, I'm excited for it. So if you guys haven't seen the movie Excalibur, you should watch Excalibur. It's First nice night. <laughs> no. If you're gonna watch any of those, watch A Knight's Tale. <laughs> Joker uh, Vision and uh, uh, King Candy are in that movie. Or K2SO. Yeah. All those people are in that movie. So, all right, guys. Thank you for joining us for today's Absolute Comics. My name's Benny. That is Sal. Every Tuesday at about 5 p.m. Eastern, we go live uh, talking about all the latest news, information, and stuff that is happening in the world of comics and what we've read in our opinions, theories, and fun. Uh, don't forget, you can check us out on the YouTube channel, Absolute Comics, or you can check more discussions and more opinions and more theories at our other channel, Absolutely Marvel and DC. And if you want to see the show continue, please consider going to our sponsor, GFuel, GFuel.com. Use the code COMICS at checkout. Get 10% off your order. I forgot to mention them in the beginning, but I think we say it every week, and you guys all know who I'm talking about. So. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys, so much. We will see you next time right here at Comic Story Podcast Network, Absolute Comics! <laughs> Too many words. Absolute <laughs> Comics! <laughs>